Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you Have you ever tried CrossFit? Well, this is Thanksgiving week and you may want to consider it. But here on Your Next Step today, we're not talking about what you might think of as CrossFit. We're talking about a different type of CrossFit. Pastor Doyle Jackson is here with us. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy. Pastor Doyle, tell us about the CrossFit that you've got in mind. Well, what we mean by CrossFit is is where I die that the goodness of God might live in me. You know, uh, the reason I can talk about anger is I went through a period of time as a young man. I was a teenager, and I believed wrongly that anger would get me where I wanted to go. And so I thought that when I got angry and I showed my anger that other people would listen to me better, I I began to believe that lie. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day I was working in my dad's office, and the phone rang, and I was in the dark room. I was actually developing uh, x-rays of animals for him, and no one else was there, and I, I got mad, and I hit the wall, and I punched a hole in my dad's wall. Um, in the dark room? No, it was just outside oh, the okay. dark room. Uh, I, I stepped out there, and the phone stopped ringing when I got there, hit the wall, and, and that's when I realized that I was going to have to fess up to my anger. Uh-huh. And uh, my dad forgave me, and um, I learned that anger doesn't get you where you want to go. And the only cure for anger is Jesus Christ and the cross. And so that's what we want to share with you today, how anger won't get you where you want to go, but the cross will. I've spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? What Jesus is saying is, Nick, you don't get it because you're still looking at things on an earthly level. And I'm inviting you to believe on a spiritual level, on the kingdom of God level. This is why when Jesus teaches us to pray, he says, may your kingdom come and your will be done. This is why when you and I, when we just start confessing things out over our life, the things that we want, we're not asking his kingdom to come, are we? We're asking for our desire. This is why manifestation is wrong. When you and I go to to horoscopes and we go to that, we're looking to an ungodly worldview and asking them to direct our life instead of him. And that's, that's, that's breaking the relationship. When you and I meditate and we welcome any spiritual force into our life, rather than the Holy Spirit of God into our life, we open ourselves up to demons and all sorts of evil and wicked. This is not a game to be played with. They are real. Your spirit is designed for holiness. Your spirit is designed for love. Your your, your soul is meant to, to connect with the one who created you. And you can't do that with evil in this world. And so because of the relationship, 
Because of the relationship you have with Jesus, you can go before him and say, God, I'm, I'm unworthy. But because of Jesus, I'm here today. Would you just touch me? Would you love me? Would you care for me? Would you speak to me? I welcome your Holy Spirit. Meditate on that for a while. Let that transform your thinking and your life. That's what God is saying to Nicodemus in Jesus that night. There's a gap between the spiritual and the natural realm. And the only thing that could bridge that gap was a cross and God's son on that cross. And he gave us access to the supernatural power and love of God. And that's why when you and I fantasize, when you and I imagine that somehow, well, I can be kind of godly every now and then and get godly results. No, you're not respecting the relationship and, and you're not respecting what God has for us. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, okay? The elephant in the room is this. You and I live in a natural world that does not understand spiritual things. And the natural world in which we live right now is telling you, for the most part, it's cool. It's cool for you to be anxious, worried, and afraid. They're actually encouraging you to be afraid. They'll tell you the likelihood of getting something bad happen to you if you just go on a walk in the park. I'm just telling you, our world lives from this elementary worldview that you should be afraid. Why? Well, generally because they're trying to sell you something. <laughs> All right? At the same time, our world says, you ought to be mad. You ought to be angry about the way you've been treated. Ain't it time for you to get a little bit mad and stand up for yourself? It'd do you some good. If you would be just a little bit more afraid, you'd be more cautious and you could protect yourself and you could live. Can I just tell you something? We're all going to die. Are you ready for that appointment? Now, I'm not saying you're going to die today. I don't know when you're going to die. And, and who knows? Maybe you won't die. Maybe Jesus will return and you won't die and you'll get to go directly to him. But can I tell you, you still want to be ready for that appointment. Can I ask, what outfit will you have packed? Are you going to have Bermuda shorts because it's going to be hot where you're going? Ah. You know what I'm saying? See, are you waiting for that? Are you ready? See, the elephant in the room is this. We live in a world that tells you you should be afraid, that you should be angry. And I'm telling you, you weren't designed for that. It's a fantasy to believe that you can live. Do you know how stressed our world is right now? Do you know what stress does to your body? And we're telling you, you should be worried and angry. And we're, we're just constantly being ripped apart at our emotional level. And, and we're, we're being destroyed as human beings right now. In your notes, I put it, I put it this way. I said, our, our relation, for our relationships to work and to get along with people, we have to deal with ourselves first. Most of us are walking around with too much worry and anger. Until you deal with the worry and anger in your life, you truly can't give yourself to somebody else. With the, with the worry and anger that you are feeling right now, it's destroying your relationship with God and with other people. From my experience, if you have worry or anger in your life, or maybe you've got both, <laughs> You're worried you're going to get mad in just a second. I don't know. You know, and, 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 and if you've got worry and anger going on inside of you and you're trying to have a relationship with somebody else, can I just tell you, 
That's three, and that ain't company. See, if you have worry in your life, that other person that you say is significant to you, they can't get close to you because you're worried about something or you're angry about something. And I can tell you this for sure, that worry or anger will destroy any relationship. Tell me this, what person that, that worries all the time do you want to hang out with? What person that's just full of anger and seething do you want to spend time with? Nobody. But our world is telling people, you know, girl, what you need to do is get mad. Get angry, and then you'll get some results. The only results that you're going to get out of your anger, out of your worry, is, is deeper in the ditch and more loneliness and, and, and more worry or more anger. So how does, how does worry work? Worry works this way. Worry says, oh my, there's not going to be enough. What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I'm, I, 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 I just don't know what to do. I'm, I'm so worried. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, 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 I. At the center of worry is self, isn't it? And, and, and the truth is, worry says, I can't trust God. I don't trust God. I don't believe that there's a creator that would love me and take care of me. Listen, he's done a great job up until now. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. He's done a great job with you. He's going to finish that. But worry denies the power of God. It's, it's like, it's like this, this constant playing tape. You can't trust God. You can't trust God. And you got to get rid of it. You got to kick it out. Worry will take away your sleep and you'll worry more because you'll be tired. You realize the scripture says that worry will steal your sleep and your rest. And Jesus said, I'm the prince of peace. I came that you might have peace and rest. Listen to the scripture. This is Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. Notice that ruin is for the wicked. You don't have to be afraid of that. God's judgment you don't have to be afraid of. Why? Because I'm trusting him. He's got me. Jesus is taking care of my salvation. Jesus is my savior. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. So I don't have to worry about the deception. Not at all. Because God has got me. That's what Paul is telling the church. Trust God. That's how worry works. Worry takes you from trusting God. Number two, how does anger work? Well, anger makes me believe that I have a right to be angry. That's what, that's what anger does. Right, well, I got a right to be, you shouldn't have treated me that way. And I don't like it. Well, can I tell you, yelling about it ain't improving the situation. See, anger always believes it has a right to reside in your life, to, to take over your life. And all I can tell you is, it is a seething pool of cess. I don't know, just terrible. It stinks. It's no good. Nobody wants to be around you. And if you, can I tell you, if you've let anger run your life for years, more than likely you're lonely because people have left your life, but you can be free today. I promise you that you can, you can, you can get rid of anger today through Christ Jesus. Okay. Don't believe the lie that you can hang around. But can I tell you this? Anger is truly a lack of trust in God. What do you mean? 
Well, this is what it means. If someone has done me wrong, the word of God and Jesus say, forgive them. And trust God to make up the difference. (laughs) So if I, so if they did me wrong, I don't get to go yell at them and seek revenge. Nope. You don't get to stalk them. Nope. I I don't, they're not going to pay me back. Nope. God will. Because you're trusting God to make up the difference for the wrong that's been done you. Well, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that because I don't trust God. That's exactly what I'm saying. You don't trust God. And you have to repent of not trusting God. Listen, the one that created you within your mother's womb and designed you, he's got all you need to make up the difference in your life. Begin to trust him and say, God, I don't know how you're going to do this because what they did was wrong. How can you make up the difference? How can I rewind it? I'm trusting you to do it. That's what that means, okay? Notice this. Once again, when it comes to anger, what does God say to you? Don't let your anger, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Anger will keep you from sleeping. And if you, if you believe you can live with worry and you can live with anger and try to, to sleep with somebody else, uh-uh, you're destroying their rest too. This is why they're moving out on you because you're destroying the relationship because you don't sleep well. You, you transfer it to them. You're ruining their life. Can I tell you, can I tell you how you were designed? You were designed by God with emotions. Okay. So like the dashboard on your car, right? You're looking at the dashboard of your car. All right. And right over here, the orange light is on saying your fuel level is low. Now, do you get on the freeway when that orange light is on? No. Why? Because you're about to run out of gas. And I know people all over the place, the dashboard says you're angry or it says you're worried and you need to go fill up. You need to go get to God and say, God, I've been worried and I shouldn't be. I trust you that you're going to take care of me. God, I've been angry and I shouldn't be angry. I hand this over to you. God, I'm trusting you. See, when your emotions hit, they're a signal to you. You better deal with it. You say, well, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to deal with it. Then get some help. God has given you a church and there's Christian counselors. Get out of denial. That's the fantasy. I can live with worry. I can live with anger. It's going to get better. Ah! You've got to move towards Jesus. You've got to get towards him. And, and listen, I've been to counseling. If that makes you upset, I'm sorry. I needed godly mentors. I needed godly people in my life to help me through the garbage in life. Well, what am I supposed to do with with, with my anger or my worry. It says, cast all your cares on him. Okay, I did that. Well, folks, I took out the trash last night. Don't mean I'm not going to take it out again tomorrow. You people think I casted my anger on him one time and I'm done. And your, ho- your house is piling up with other trash, other incidences you're hanging on to. See, you and I were designed for peace and joy, not for worry and anger, not anxiety and, 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 and fear and this hatred. No, 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 no. You were designed for peace and joy, but you got to keep a clean house. And every time the trash comes in, you pick it up and say, no, I'm giving that to God. Lord, I'm giving that to you. I'm not carrying that around no more. I don't need none of that junk in my house. Cast all your cares on him. Can I tell you, God is there 
365 days out of the year and 24 hours a day. So you don't just have to do it once a week or once a day. If you recognize it, if the light comes on your dash, deal with it. God gave you that emotion so you could go to him. James chapter one, my dear brothers and sisters, this is Jesus's brother talking to you. Remember that Jesus's little brother and little brothers are precious. I know because I am one. All right. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. If you're letting anger reside in you, you ain't going to be righteous. You cannot get a godly result when you let ungodliness. So how does it work, pastor? Jesus went to the cross that I might be righteous. I put on the breastplate of righteousness because of Christ Jesus. See, Lord Jesus, I thank you. You died on a cross because you were fully righteous. You had not sinned and you died for me. And I can go before the father in your name and, and, and the father sees you and not me. I get in on his ticket, on his pass. And, and I'm righteous, not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done. And because he lives in me, now I can follow your Holy Spirit and I can live a righteous life. So your righteousness comes from him. You put on your robe of righteousness and you welcome his Holy Spirit. And he speaks to you. He teaches you. And he says, he says, don't do that. Do this. And God begins to direct you. His Holy Spirit will say, don't go watch that movie. It's going to make you afraid. Don't go watch that movie. It's going to make you angry. It's just, going to, it's just going to feed the lie that you can live with this. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. It causes, causes us to follow the godly path. In closing, look at, look at what, what Paul says. He talks about a CrossFit life. He, he talks about the same. So Paul in Colossians, he says, don't, uh, just, just abandon this hollow, deceptive philosophy and thinking of this world. And he says, follow Christ Jesus. Well, again, in, in Corinthians, he says the same thing. It's, it's the same picture that he says to the world, okay? Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. Pause. What's he talking about there? He says, when I was there, yeah, I baptized a couple people. I can't remember who I baptized. It's no big deal. When I baptize people, I just hold them under deeper and longer than you guys. It's no big deal. If you ever see me watch me baptize people, that's what I do. <laughs> people say, to you, Pastor, why do you do that to people? Because I want them to know how deep God's love is for them. I want them to know that all their sins are covered. And I want them to remember it. I want them to remember being covered by God's love. And if I hold them there this long, some of you are worried right now. This is just imaginary. <laughs> I want them to know that when they were baptized, that God took it all. And I want to give them time because I know how much they sin to think about all of it. That they needed a massive amount of love and God's power to deliver them from the old way of life and then raise them to a new life. And I want them to know that. And what Paul's saying is, it doesn't matter if I was the one that baptized you or Pastor Doyle or somebody else. You've been covered in his love 
and you now live for him. Your baptism is a reminder to you that yes, I've chosen him and I'm following him. I'm not relying anymore on the elementary teachings of this world. You need to know something. In the ancient world, in this time, this is where we get the Apostles' Creed. In order for them to be baptized, they had to renounce all other gods. That's what the Apostles' Creed is about. They said, I'll no longer worship Zeus. I'll no longer worship Apollo. I'll not uh, longer worship the elementary teachings of this world and the philosophies of this age and those spiritual things. I'm in with Jesus. That's what it's about. And if you haven't been baptized, if you haven't cut off the past, what you waiting for? It's time. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. It's not the laser light show. It's not the digital screen that gets the gospel across. It's the gospel itself. For the message of the cross is foolishness to us, those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise the intelligent of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Paul says, step into being a fool for Christ. Step into the foolishness of God. It's solid. It's not a hollow, deceptive thing. It's solid. But the, but the philosophies of this world, they're going to tell you you're crazy if you follow Christ Jesus. Can you tell me something? What is so offensive about Christ Jesus? Just tell me. I mean, he healed people. He delivered people. He set them free. He told them they were forgiven of their sins. He fed everybody lunch, you know, fish and chips. What's so offensive about Jesus? Well, I, you know, the church has done a lot of bad things. I said, what's so offensive about Jesus? See, I realize that people have messed up. Jesus didn't mess up. Are you following Jesus? Follow Jesus. Don't set Jesus aside for hollow philosophies and spiritual junk. Just eat the good that he brought you and go towards that. That's what he invites you to. And when I say take the cross of Jesus Christ, the foolishness of this world, this is what I mean. What I want you to do is to take your sin. In this case, we're talking about fear and worry and nail it to the cross. You, you apply the cross to, to that area of your life. The cross is where I die that the goodness of God may live in me. So this is what you do. You say, God, forgive me. I've been living with fear or I've been living with worry. Or, I've been living with both. If that was wrong, I wasn't trusting you. And then I, can I tell you from my own experience? I just speak to it. I say, fear, you got to get out. Get out of my house. Get out of my life. Get out of my heart. Go. Or anger, you got to go. Sometimes I even open up the door and just say, get on out, get on out. Tell them to get the way you would the neighbor dog that you don't want in your trash can. You know what I'm saying? Tell them to get. You may not know what that means. You're from Ohio. I'll introduce you from somebody from the South and they'll explain it to you. But Lord, I thank you that you died on a cross that I might be freed. And I apply that in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. 
Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. I really need you to help me right now because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful and it impacts even the angelic hosts. So would you just just stop with me and agree in prayer right now what you're doing just listen intently and agree in your heart that god might move hey let's take a moment to pray for people in ministry they need us father we come before you in jesus name because that's the only reason we're allowed to come before you it's his goodness it's his righteousness and and your word says that you you give the gift of leadership to the local church, to, to ministry. In, in Ephesians 4, it says that, that you gifted the church apostles and prophets and pastors and evangelists and teachers. And so, God, we come before you right now and we say thank you for the gifts. We say thank you for the, the people that are serving in our nation uh, as, as pastors and teachers and, and prophets and evangelists. Lord, the people that are planting churches, we thank you for that. But God, we have a, a, a global perspective. We're praying that you will raise up leaders, not only in our nation, but throughout the, throughout the earth. Lord, there are people that need ministries that will feed the hungry and, and take care of the, the poor and the orphans and the widows. This is all part of the plan. And so we're praying for a new generation. We're praying for young men and women to be raised up, to go in, to, to help people. And God, we need women that are godly that can help these, these young girls that are being human trafficked. And we need men that, that care about what, what's going on in our world. We need people that believe that the Bible is the word of God, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful. And so, God, we're asking you to, to review and refresh the leaders in ministry. And yes, Lord, you are the vine tender. And we pray right now that you will provide everything that we need for the ministry of your body, the church, in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer. And we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address. Your email address at yournextstepnow.com and you get our free prayer guide and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. Your Next Step is a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. 
For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.